Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. is an exciting time for all of us to be together. It is a time of great joy because today we celebrate the birth of Jesus. 
On this Christmas morning, we remember that God intervened in the world and gave us his one and only son that we might be saved. Christmas shows us the love that God has for all of us, a love clearly seen in our scripture passage. From the word of God through his apostle John, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Will you pray with me? Our most gracious and heavenly Father, what a wonderful time to come to your house to celebrate the birth of your son who you sent to save us from our sins. Such a beautiful day to celebrate this wonderful time of the year with family and with friends and, and with, with singing. It's just a beautiful day. Love having Christmas on Sunday. We just thank you so much for this time of the year. We just thank you for this church and what it means to each one of us. We just pray that we will always remember what Christmas is all about. It's fun to have gifts and, and all the hustle and bustle, but the true meaning of Christmas is that you sent your son to die for us so that we may live in heaven forever with you. Be with us all throughout the service. Be with Chip as he delivers his message. And may we all go out of this just praising and, and blessing um, you for all that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you, Melinda. Hey, Merry Christmas. Well, thank you. Thank you, Esther. Well, I'm going to take an informal poll here. Uh, how many people open their presents on Christmas Eve? Raise your hand. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. How many people do it the right way and open it on Christmas Day? All right. Very, very good. Uh, you know, everybody has different traditions growing up. We never had stockings uh, when I was a kid, but that was something that Dawn's family always did was, was have stockings on Christmas Eve. And so, you know, now that just means we've got to buy a lot of little piddly stuff that wastes all my money, you know. And, uh, but, but I've always enjoyed that tradition, uh, Dawn, as you, as you know. Uh, as far as getting up in the morning, my daughter, Alyssa, she was ready, man. She was, when, when can we get up? When can we see our presents? When can we get going? Andrew to this day will not get up. You know, the only way Andrew got up when he was a kid is that Alyssa would go in his room and say, get out of bed so I can go open my presents, you know? So, uh, all different kinds of ways that we do things. You know, it was said of Ebenezer Scrooge at the end of a Christmas carol. This is the very end uh, of the book, it says, it was always said of him, he knew how to keep Christmas well. If any man alive possessed the knowledge, he did. And may this truly be said of each of us and all of us. And so as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. So Scrooge knew how to keep Christmas well. What we're going to talk about this morning is how do you do that? How do you keep Christmas well? What's that really mean? And we're going to be over in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, that very familiar Christmas story. If you want to turn over to that at this time. And the very first thing that we see is this. Christmas is a time of great celebration. It's good news of great joy for all people. Look down to verse 8 of our scripture passage. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. You know, you look at that, and what stands out to me is that at first you have the shepherds with this great fear. Now, you have it too. It's the middle of the night. Uh, you're about to fall asleep doing your job on the night shift when suddenly angels appear out of nowhere. A bright light comes around. And you're told, do not be afraid. That's a lot easier said than done. But what we want to really look at is verse 10 where it says, do not be afraid for I bring you good news. If you want to know what Christmas is, the first thing Christmas is, is it's good news. This is very, very good news. It's something people want to know. We like telling good news. Whenever something good happens to you, you can't wait to call a friend or see somebody. And even just people, acquaintances that you saw, you stop them and you tell them, hey, did you know this happened or that happened? Did you hear about that? You know, and we always want to share good news. So we're told that this is good news, but it's not just good news. It's good news of great joy. Uh, this overflowing joy that's supposed to come because of what Christmas represents. And then who's this good news and great joy for? We're told it's for all people. It's not just for some certain class of people, not some denomination, uh, not one country, not one socioeconomic level, not one race or gender. But we're told that this good news of great joy is for all people everywhere upon this planet. It is the good news that has been brought down. And so that's the first thing we see. Christmas is supposed to be a time of great celebration. 
Now, I hear people all the time lament the fact that, well, you know, Christmas has become so commercialized. And I guess in a lot of ways it certainly has. But there was supposed to be a great joy in celebration. There was supposed to be lights and trees and, and all those things we think of as the trappings of the season. This is a different time. You can't go out and not know it's Christmas time. It's supposed to be a time of great joy and great celebration for all people. When I think of great celebrations and great joy, I looked up the most expensive party in the history of the world, okay? And what I found out, it was a wedding. Uh, A young lady by the name of Venetia Mattel, uh, when she got married, her dad spent $78 million on her wedding. And there she is with her husband at this point. Uh, They had their wedding at Versailles outside of Paris. And uh, for the reception, they went to the Eiffel Tower. It was closed for their celebration. They shot off fireworks. <coughs> their invitation was 20 pages long and go play it. <coughs> it's a time of celebration, as you can tell. <laughs> Andrew, you might want to go get me another one of these back there. Thank you. Now, that's quite a celebration, $78 million. But think about this. A couple of years later, they were divorced. So $78 million, and a couple years later, you were divorced. Yet what we see in our scripture passage... (laughs) There, I'm okay. (laughs) Anybody else fighting this? Yeah. So, uh... (laughs) Don't know if I'll make it through this, but that'll make a shorter sermon, so I'll be happy. Just roll the pictures. (laughs) This is a great joy that's going to last. That brings us to our second point, if we can get to that there. We celebrate with great joy at Christmas, but why do we celebrate with great joy at Christmas? There's a couple of reasons our scripture tells us. And the first is the Messiah has come to save us. The Messiah has come to save us. Look down at verse 11. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, Christ the Lord. So a Savior has been born, and who was born for? It's been born to you. And so it's not just some theoretical thing. It's not just something you're reading about that has to do with other people. It's a Savior that's been born for you. So this great joy, this great celebration is something that's for you and something going on in your life. And so it makes it very personal. That I'm the one that's supposed to have this great joy. I'm the one that's supposed to have this great celebration. (laughs) Excuse me. The second thing we're told is that not only is there great joy and great celebration, that this child is going to bring peace to earth. Look down to verse 14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom God's favor rests. So this child is not only going to be your savior, he's going to bring great peace to the world. We live in a world of turmoil, a world that is tearing itself apart. And this child is going to come with bringing peace to the world in which we live. How many different different things in your life are broken right now in pieces? Because that's literally what we see Jesus coming to do is put together all of those broken pieces of our life. I'm making everybody else cough now too, aren't I? Bottle number two. 
I was reading a story on the internet this week by the name of Stephanie Wahlberg. She was at Black Friday shopping. It was 6 o'clock in the morning. She was at Walmart because that's where you go for Black Friday shopping. And she got a phone call that her mother had died. And right in front of the big screen TVs, she sat down and started crying uncontrollably. And a lady came and sat down next to her who had no idea who she was, didn't know why she was crying, and put her arm around her and began to cry with her. And when it was over, uh, this moment, you know, she composed herself, she thanked the lady, and she left. She later put on Facebook what had happened, and as social media does, was able to track down the lady at Walmart. She invited her to the funeral, and here's a picture uh, of them meeting for the first time at the funeral that day. And what she said was really very interesting. She said, that was a moment where she had no idea why I was hurting. She had no idea what was going on. She just knew I needed somebody. And she sat there and she put her arm around me. Christmas is a time of peace because what it says is God intervenes for the brokenness of your life and comes and gives you hope in ways that only he can do it. So he brings us salvation as our savior. He brings us peace. And finally, Christmas shows us that God's favor is upon us. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Have you ever thought about that before? That what Christmas says is that God cares about you. God loves you. God intervened in the world for you. For unto you a Savior has been born. It's interesting, in the earlier verses, everything is plural, but when it comes to that one, it becomes singular. That the baby is a very personal thing for you. It shows God is on your side. God is there to care for you. You might have seen this story in the paper this week. A young man by the name of Daniel Martin was coming home from Christmas shopping with his boys who were 6 and 10. They lived in Wisconsin. There had been a snowstorm. Saw a man in a wheelchair trying to, uh, to shovel his drive. And one of the boys said, Dad, why didn't we stop and help that man? And he thought, well, that's a good point. So they went back. His boys, 6 and 10, got out. He took a picture of him. And they began to help the man in the wheelchair shovel outside uh, of his house there up on the street. And what that showed was that this man in the wheelchair found out that there were people who cared enough to stop and help. And what Christmas says to us is that God cared enough to intervene to come for you, that there is indeed God's favor rests upon us. So if those three things are true, if we have a Savior, if that Savior brings us peace and shows God's favor upon us, then we end with this simple thing. Then how do we react to that? How do we keep Christmas well? That's what I wanted to close with as we look at that. <coughs> look down at verse 15. The first thing we see is this. To keep Christmas well, we have to search to see if the things we are told are true. Look down to verse 15. When the angels left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off until they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. So the first thing the shepherds do is say, let's go see if this is true. They've heard a lot. The angels told them this. Now let's go see if it's true. How do you keep Christmas well? One of the things you do is 
you have to search and say, is this really true? Does it really matter? Because if it does, it changes everything. If it does, it means everything about this world and your life is different. If not, then the world is by chance, nothing matters. You can go live and do anything you want. But if Christmas is true, then it makes all the difference in the world how we live and what we do. Like the shepherds, we need to find out if this is true or not. If Christmas is really what, it's, what, what we say that it is. Uh, There's a story in the paper this week, a lady by the name of Emma Tapping uh, in uh, London, England, uh, got a, a fairly bad reputation because this was her Christmas. Show a picture. <coughs> As three kids bought a hundred presents for each child. But what was better was her quote when she was asked why she did it. And this is what she said. Look at this. It's absolutely magnificent. This clearly shows everyone what Christmas is all about. All right. So there you go. So you make your search. What is Christmas all about? Does this clearly show everyone what Christmas is all about? A hundred presents for each child. Now, if you're a child here, which would be everybody, you're somebody's child, who would like a hundred presents? <laughs> Seriously, I would get bored after about opening 75, you know. So if you're thinking of doing that for me, 75 is all I need, all right? You don't have to do a hundred. But what's Christmas all about? Is that it? If it is, then, then celebrate gifts. But if it's true what we say about Jesus, then you celebrate in a different way. It doesn't mean you don't buy gifts. It doesn't mean you don't go through some of those cultural things about Christmas. But what it does mean is that there's a higher and a bigger and a more important meaning to Christmas that has to do with salvation and peace on earth and God's favor being with you. And you have to know if this is what I believe, then it changes everything about how I view Christmas and how I celebrate Christmas. One of the things we used to do with our children is when Andrew would finally get up for Christmas Day at noon or so, uh, and we were ready to get, get the presents, is that Alyssa was about to have uh, a coronary or something, you know, because she'd been waiting four hours to have Christmas presents. We couldn't get Andrew up, you know. And so we'd finally get ready to get to the presents. And before we would do that, we had one little thing we always did to torture them more. We'd say, before we open any presents, we have to read the Christmas story in Luke 2 so you know what Christmas is really all about. And then as they got a little bit older, uh, there was one Christmas, for whatever reason, it just kind of escaped my mind. We got ready to do it. My daughter's already in college, and suddenly she stopped and said, whoa, 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 we can't open any presents. We haven't read the Christmas story yet. But that idea of just putting into perspective a little bit of what was going on there. So the first thing we need to do is search to see if it's true. The next thing is, if it is true, then we need to be amazed and praise God. Keep reading in verse 17. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning him about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So they find the baby, they worship the baby, and then everyone is amazed at what they found out. Christmas is an amazing thing. It's amazing to think God loved you so much and intervened in the world and that Jesus came for you. Now, it's true Jesus came for all people, and we need to understand that, that we're all one family together. But Jesus came in very real sense for you. If you'd have been the only person alive, Jesus would have still come 
because of God's love, God's care for you. You were God's child created in his image, and Jesus came because of God's unbelievable love for you. So we need to be amazed at that. We need to respond to that with the praise that we have. It's neat that you're here today. Uh, we had 900 people here last night. And, and to see the room filled again today, it's an amazing thing. But why are you here? Because in the midst of all of the presents and all of the food and all of the decorations, you felt like you wanted to be here to worship because Christmas really is about you and what God has done for you through Jesus. It shows God's love. And when we see those things, we're just amazed at what God's done. Anybody see the Notre Dame basketball game uh, a, a couple of weeks ago when Matt Farrell's brother came in? Did anybody get to see that? Oh, yeah, several, several of you. Matt Farrell plays for Notre Dame. And when the game was over, before everybody left, they stopped the, the, everybody from leaving. And they said, hey, we've got something going on here. Matt Farrell's brother had been serving in Afghanistan uh, he, of course, had been very worried about him. His name was Bo. And he, they had flown him in just for that game, and he didn't even know he was there. And this is the first picture. This are, these are the Notre Dame players. Now look at them. The surprise, the joy, the celebration, not just for Matt Farrell, but for everyone that was on that Notre Dame team. And then a picture of Matt with his brother there when he came out. That's amazement. That's celebration over something that has taken place. That's what Christmas is supposed to be like. An amazement at what God has done for you and a celebration of what God has done. And that brings us to the last point. And we're good because I'm about spent, as you are. You know, I can tell. So we need to search to see if it's true. We need to be amazed at what God has done and praise him for it. And then the last thing is that we need to go and tell other people. We need to let other people know what has happened. Look back to our scripture again. Verse 17. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard were amazed. To spread the good news of what God's done. To let people know. If it really is good news, people want to know it. I remember when Andrew was born, one of the things that, that I immediately did is, is after he was born and I saw that he was fine and that Dawn was fine and everything... This was pre-cell phone days. That shows how old Andrew is, you know. Uh, went, went out in the hallway, got on the pay phone out in the hallway, and started calling everybody I knew. Started with my mom and dad and started on down the line, and we were telling everybody that Andrew had been born. Wanted everybody to know that. Great news, great celebration. Well, you're at Christmas where you have a Savior. There's peace on earth. There's God's favor with you. That's good news. And you should want people to know the good news of Jesus' birth and to tell them. It doesn't have to be an in-your-face kind of thing, but it did, they, they need to know the reason for your hope. And so we need to tell people that good news. There's an uh, article on ESPN.com uh, this week about the Philadelphia Eagles that was really interesting. Uh, the tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles is named Trey Burton. He's out of the University of Florida. Trey Burton has become the unofficial uh, preacher of the Philadelphia Eagles. And this year alone, he has personally baptized five of the Philadelphia Eagle players, including their quarterback, Carson Wentz. And uh, here's a picture uh, of the Eagles uh, after a game uh, is there. They all get together. They pray. They have Bible studies together. 
they have now been given a nickname by the other teams in the league. And you know what it is? Because of the Philadelphia Eagles, they call them the birds of prey because they are always looking to tell somebody about Jesus. And uh, they are even inviting other teams now after the game. Hey, come pray with us. And so they all get together and they pray together after the game, these birds of prey. Now, isn't that a great nickname that you are so invested in letting people know the good news that they call you a bird of prey because you're always looking for somebody to let them know that story. And that's what we need to do about Christmas is let people know the good news. This is a joyous time, a time of great celebration. And as we come together, we need to let other people know the real reason for our joy. In just a second, we're going to sing a hymn called Go Tell It on the Mountain. This uh, hymn is actually an old Appalachian uh, uh, poem that came out uh, from up in the mountains. And it said, let's let people know the good news of Jesus. As we sing this, uh, where it's going to be our hymn of invitation, and during this time, you're being invited to respond to however God has spoken to you at this Christmas. Maybe you're here and you're one of those brokenhearted people, and you just come and need to pray at the altar, pray with ministers that will be down front. You can come and join the church at this particular time and say, I want to join this church and what this church is doing. But the most important decision you'll ever make is to come and say, I want Jesus Christ in my life. I want to accept that good news what Christmas is all about. But this is your time as we stand together and we sing. Go tell it on the mountain over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born while shepherds give their watching or silent flocks by night. Behold, throughout the heavens, there shone a holy light. Go God's sake. 
enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, MyWRBC. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.